and welcome to all you folks out there in cast country. You're listening to the Kitchen Sink Podcast. It's the show about everything and nothing. I'm your host, Memphis T-Bone Dotson, and I'm the illegitimate son of a Louisiana voodoo woman named Miss Cleo, but my friends usually call me Just Chad. Well, welcome back to the Kitchen Sink Podcast, folks. So today we're going to finish out the episode that we started last week. We're going to have the conclusion of the Good Bad Movies podcast with my good friend, Mr. Cody Richards. So sit back and enjoy the remainder of our ridiculous talk. Okay. We talked a little bit about uh, animal movies. Oh, baby. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, I, I might need to take a break before we talk about this next one. I'm all worked up over Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift, but, baby. But uh, <laughs> there are... There are some films that go into bold territory. Mm-hmm. There are films that take a risk. And then there are some films that are like, you know that movie Jaws? Mm-hmm. Imagine that with the snake. The snake. And you get the movie <laughs> Anaconda. Anaconda, man. It's one of my favorite. You know, I find myself saying that a lot with this list. It's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. But Anaconda, hands down. Love this movie. This movie has an insane cast. An insane cast. Insane. Just to name a few people that are in it. John Voight in this movie. John Voight. J-Lo is in this movie. Eric Stoltz, Mm -hmm. who has got to be one of the most underrated actors of his generation, hands down. Mm -hmm, For sure. Eric Stoltz is amazing. And he's been in quite a few good, bad movies, like The Prophecy, for example, Mm -hmm. starring Christopher Walken. And uh, that dude that played Casey Jones in the original uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, whose name escapes me now. I don't remember either, but <laughs> that's got to be on the list, man. The, uh, mutant, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies? Yeah. Oh, oh, man. I that love w- them. The I, second one where they go back into feudal Japan. <laughs> feudal Japan. <laughs> like, mm, Turtles in Time. Turtles in was Time, good. baby. <laughs> Anywho. Um, but yeah, no, Eric Stoltz, Ice Cube, My Owen boy, Wilson, Cube. Danny Trejo. Wow. I mean, that's, an, that's another one Danny Trejo's been on, on our list, man. But... Uh, I completely forgot why they were even there because everything else in this movie is so yeah. ridiculous. And can we pause for just a moment to talk about an accent that does not exist anywhere in nature <laughs> done by none other than Mr. John, John Voight. John He was on something for, for the whole shoot. Like, I don't understand where that accent came from. He said things to people that made no sense to me, but then I went around saying them because I thought John Voight was cool. Like, uh, for a whole year, I just referred to everybody as baby bird. Baby bird. Baby bird. <laughs> you want to kill this snake? You want to kill this snake? Want to kill this snake? But see, I can't even do it. No, it's nobody like, can. Only you know, him. Only John Voight can do that, that is John mysterious Voight's... non-regional accent. That's, <laughs> that makes no sense. That makes... And this whole time, like... Everything about the plot of this film, you've got these group of people, they just want to go film a documentary. Yeah, that's what it was. They were filming a documentary. That's all they want to do. But like you said, like everything that happens makes you completely forget why they're there. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. You forget that they're searching for a long lost tribe on the Amazon River when all you can really think about is 
that anaconda just swallowed an entire human being. Yeah. <laughs> and then for whatever reason, you know, Owen Wilson gets into the mix with John Voight's character, who I yeah. think his name's like Saroni or something like that. And he's he's like, hey, you want to you want to help me with your baby bird over there? Just, <laughs> and you know, Owen Wilson's like, guys, you know, come on, we gotta wow, wow, wow. guys, we gotta help, we gotta help him out, man. Like <laughs> how he knows what he's talking about. And yeah. Eric Stoltz gets. <laughs> shot or bit by a monstrous mosquito or something and he's out of commission forever and j-lo has to save the yeah. day i love the scene at the end of the movie where they're fighting the and the anaconda in a building uh-huh. and the anaconda swallows john voight mm-hmm. and starts to digest him and then because the anaconda can't move quickly and clearly has an agenda to oh, yeah. to kill j-lo and he's already got a meal in his stomach, but mm-hmm. he's greedy, this anaconda. He's greedy. And he vomits out John Voight. Well, I don't know if the anaconda is a he or a she. I oh, yeah, we should. But yeah. we, I shouldn't say that. But uh, could she, whatever. Yeah, sure. Um, so why not? Uh, vomits out John Voight, who is all like wrinkled oh, up. yeah. He's and then gross. He, he's gross. And then he winks at J-Lo. And J-Lo's like, woo! <laughs> oh, no. And then some, for some mysterious reason, there's explosives everywhere in this building. <laughs> And they blow the building up and the tower blows up and this massive anaconda that is suddenly inexplicably as tall as this huge tower. Tower looks like it's about 50, 60 feet long. And this is what this anaconda looks like. Just It looks bigger than the building yeah. as it falls down on fire into the water where it then proceeds to die not long after. Yeah. And, uh, and John Voight is uh, still covered in goo somewhere yeah. on the inside. He's gross. He's gross. Um, I guess at one point it was grosser. I've really? S- yeah, they had to tone down the grossness? I think they had to tone down the grossness of it. I can't remember uh, if I saw a picture of him. It looked like he'd been burned. Like maybe he tried to make it out of that thing. I don't remember uh. if that was in the actual movie or not. Mm. But that might have been a scene that they cut because they're like, that's too horrific because he kind of looks like a human crayon that melted a little bit. <laughs> and then we walked him out of a fire. Uh, because apparently you can't kill John Voight in that no. movie, just like you can't kill that accent. You can't kill that accent. In that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Anaconda is like my deep blue sea of the jungle, my man. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going to talk about best snake movie ever, Anaconda's number one. Oh, boy. Only thing that would make that better is if they were making him smart to cure uh Alzheimer's. Right? Alzheimer's. <laughs> Where, hey, that that anaconda was sharp, man. It was. It was smart. That anaconda could problem solve. It could. Uh, it could open doors. Yeah. It, it, could. It, it didn't even have thumbs. It didn't even have hands or legs. But it knew how to. Open it doors knew how to open sure. doors. Uh, <laughs> the the next movie I I mention purely for nineteen uh, eighties uh, glitz and glam uh, fashion. Uh, Sylvester Stallone was in a lot of. Uh, movies in the 80s mm-hmm. a lot and one of them was a movie called over the top over the top and when i went around on the internet looking for a plot synopsis i could barely find anyone that was willing to write a paragraph about this movie <laughs> so let me just read over the top okay this description that i found on the internet first off again Another great name. Oh, yeah. It's a fantastic name. Lincoln Hawk. Lincoln Hawk. That sounds like a hero. It does. Lincoln Hawk is a struggling trucker who arm wrestles on the side to make extra cash. Very lucrative business. Very lucrative. While trying to rebuild his life. 
after the death of his wife. He tries to make amends with his son, who he left behind 10 years earlier. Upon their first meeting, his son doesn't think too highly of him until he enters the World Arm Wrestling Championships in Las Vegas. His hope is to receive the grand prize of $100,000 and an expensive current custom semi-truck and thus start his own <laughs> trucking company. Wait, is, is, is that part of the prize? Is the semi-truck? Yes. <laughs> At an arm wrestling competition in Vegas. Yes. $100,000 and a semi-truck that was probably worth twice that much. That's the weirdest like prize ever. I would be like... Uh, can I just cash the truck in yeah. for money? <laughs> I don't want to drive a semi-truck. <laughs> like starting your own business is hard, man. Yeah. But this movie is, uh, <laughs> it, it's, it does have a lot of arm wrestling in it. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons why Stallone's character hasn't seen his son. There's mm -hmm. a, uh, his father-in-law is, uh, not a great dude. Uh, but his father-in-law is played by none other than the great, I think late great, is he dead? Yeah, I think he's dead now. Yeah, Robert Loggia. Robert Loggia. Robert Loggia. He's he's the guy from Independence Day Which who one? who played the uh, the 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 Colonel like like you might have told us that before we launched an attack. Oh, <laughs> you know? okay, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. that guy, like the, right. like the bald general guy. Yeah, who's, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, Robert Loggia. He's in this film, and uh, he's kind of actively been trying to keep. Lincoln Hawk from his his mm -hmm. son, um, but it was like the mom's dying wish or something like that to for, for them to like bond. I, I want you to get to know your dad and please and like the kids in military school and uh, I can't remember the name of the kid who was in this movie, but he was in a few things uh, in the eighties, kind of like a popular eighties child mm -hmm. star kind of guy, and uh, you know he gets with his dad and they do like push-ups outside the semi truck in the morning. Of course they're sleeping in the semi truck mm -hmm. and they'll stop off all these like little different waypoints. And some of the, some of the, I swear one of the guys is drinking motor oil when he steps up to, to arm wrestle and they get up there and it's intense, dude. And let me tell you something. If you, if you, if you've not watched the world of competitive arm wrestling, it's on YouTube right mm -hmm. now. I mean, there's a big time league that's been happening for a while. Uh, a guy to look up is a guy named Devin Larry. Uh, he's a former world champion and these guys are crazy. I, the whole reason I found out about it was not because of over the top. It was because I saw something on YouTube that said arm wrestler challenges the public. What? And they, and like the thumbnail was this really like Jack dude stepping wow. up against this arm professional arm wrestler. Just wants people to come and, and yep, wrestle. And this guy beat all comers Wow, easily. And, and it was like, you could win. Well, I want to say it was something crazy. Like, you could win maybe $1,000 if you beat the professional arm wrestler or something wow. like that. It was like serious money. But he's like jacked, dude, right? Uh, but that's the crazy thing. They called him the schoolboy, the guy the who was doing boy. the arm wrestling. He didn't look jacked. Oh, okay. He just kind of looked normal. And, and the guys who were coming up to arm wrestle him looked like they could just rip his head yeah. off. But it, he just had such great technique, he could just take everybody out. And then that's how I got down the rabbit hole. But gotcha, gotcha. Over the Top has this one thing that Sylvester Stallone's character does that like... It's, it's like called turning on the switch. Like if he needs <laughs> to be extra pumped up, he wears a trucker's hat, you know? Yeah. And when the hat is forward, sometimes, I don't know why he doesn't just turn the hat around to start, but sometimes <laughs> he'll step up and he'll have the hat forward. Mm -hmm. And you're like, what are you doing, Lincoln Hawk? You, that's your power is like, you're, you're robbing yourself of it. And like, he won't do well. And then he'll like turn around and he'll kind of jack himself up and he'll take the bill of that hat. 
and he'll just turn the hat around so the trucker hat is backwards, and that's like, bang. Now Activation the mo- of powers. Activation of powers. <laughs> and he's like, man, now my up vision is clear. I can achieve anything now. And it's just so, so unbelievably ridiculous. Once I see the sky, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, of course, it doesn't just end with the arm wrestling tournament. Some other things happen. There's a lot of, like, weird, needless strains action. And, mm-hmm. so, yeah, of course, Stallone is bleeding by the end of the movie because that's the prerequisite. Stallone <laughs> has to be bleeding oh, at, yeah. <laughs> at some point in the movie. But, yes, over the top. It, it's one of those uh, classic uh, 1980s movies that if you haven't seen it's worth watching it came out i think in like 86 87 something like that so okay, okay. um all right well we're getting very close to the bottom of the barrel here we've only got a few more movies to go so let's talk about one of my all-time favorite bad movies starring my man pierce brosnan and miss bond yeah james bond man uh, uh, Miss Terminator herself, Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton. Yeah, she's yeah. in this movie. I mean, taking a turn as, you know, she's not trying to prevent the end of the world. Uh, or I guess maybe she kind of is, you know. So, uh, yeah, it is, of course, uh, Dante's Peak. Dante's Peak. Dante's Peak was not well received by the critics uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. It oh. only has a 20 per six, 26% positive critical rating. That's pretty bad. It's pretty low. That's pretty bad. And uh, the film opens with Pierce Brosnan in a truck running from some volcano, and he's got his wife or his girlfriend in the seat with him, Mm -hmm. and a big lava rock falls through the top of the truck that they're driving in and hits his woman on the head, and of course, uh, she dies uh, instantaneously. And so now he's- Tragic backstory. Tragic backstory. He's tortured. He's nervous about every volcano. You know, every volcano is going to erupt at any moment. volcano PTSD. That's right. <laughs> and so he goes to this uh, fictional town. I can't remember for the life of me what it's called. Um, but he goes to this fictional town. Wasn't it just Dante's Peak? Uh, may- maybe it was. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe it was called Happy Land or something Happy like Land. that. All I remember is it was it was like the second or third nicest place in the country to live. That right, right, the, right. It couldn't be first, but it was one of the top five. But uh, they, yes, they have a, a, a dormant volcano at this place where Linda Hamilton, she plays the mayor of the town, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and, and she calls in the U.S. Uh, Geological Survey. They come in because they've had an accident in like a uh, sort of like a natural water feature. It like got super hot and cooked these people that uh, got in it. And of course, they bring Pierce Brosnan on the scene, and he's like, I'm telling you something's not right. <laughs> I have a feeling. I feel like he says that everywhere he goes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, and of course he's right and nobody listens. Nobody and of course all the him. people in the town are like, are you kidding me? Our tourism will be destroyed if we start evacuating yeah. the town. And and then of course Dante's- Can't lose money. Can't lose money. And then of course Dante's Peak eventually erupts mm-hmm. and it's nasty. And um, there is something that happens at the end of this film that I, it's part of the lovably bad elements. Mm-hmm. Somehow, they managed to outrun the pyroclastic cloud, which is moving far faster than the truck. <laughs> yeah. uh, but somehow, they always manage to stay just one step ahead of it. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like when you watch radar on on your radar app. You know, it's like, oh, it's going to get us. It's going to get us. Oh no, it's going around us. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, like a yeah, stiff yeah. breeze caught the pyroclastic cloud, and and they end up in an abandoned mine. Right. Right. And that truck seals off the entrance to that mine so much that the cloud dust it can't get in they're safe the lava 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 don't go in. in mine shafts man lava it's it's part of the rule 
Is Mob, this the rule? Contrary to what Minecraft has been telling everybody. But yeah. Lava, mine shafts, lava don't get mine shafts. Lava's like, ooh, that's a mine ooh, shaft, y'all. It's not safe in there. there. Ooh, get away. Pass that shaft by. Mm-hmm. And then they survive. Yep. Not sure how, but they they survive in the mine shaft. No real sensible explanation mm -mm. is given for how they manage to survive. They just do <laughs> this nuclear-like explosion. Uh, <laughs> they just manage to crawl out through the front, you know, the windshield, and of mm -hmm. course Pierce Brosnan gets trapped. And it's a good thing he's got that little robot thing with him that he can turn on that sends like a little "Find My iPhone" signal. Little SOS. Little SOS. Like, come and get me, guys! And they're like, oh, we, it's we in the mine shaft. We in the mine shaft. It's Harry. He's still alive. I knew it. Harry would make it. I knew he'd be. He'd be. If anyone could beat the volcano, he could beat the volcano. He could beat the volcano. It is, I think it is maybe, maybe the best volcano movie, uh, uh, with maybe the possible exception of Tommy Lee Jones's Volcano, volcano mm -hmm. which is another good one. It is pretty good. That's it's also terrible, good. where Lava once again is scared of cul-de-sacs, mm -hmm. can't make it through highway dividers. No, nope. it's against the law. That's uh, against do the law. The, the Lava's like, oh no, what are we going to do? Must, we <laughs> must follow, follow the rules. Like, okay, guys, we're going to let this lava pull up right here. <laughs> we're not concerned about any of it leaking through and burning nah. our toes off. It'll be fine. Yeah, and then, you know, of course, Tommy Lee Jones is great in that, in that mm -hmm. movie, and he's, uh, he's the disaster guru. And I love how in that film they bring down a building with masterful precision in like 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And the guy's like, that's a precision drop. It'll take <laughs> weeks to plan. And Tommy Lee Jones oh, is no. like, you got 15 minutes. Like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I need every jackhammer in the city. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, hey, you got to get all the jackhammers there. Right. Like, I don't know how the jackhammer just showed up from nowhere. And, uh, and then, of course, you got Anne Hesh. Uh, Anne Hesh. Hesh. Anne Hesh. I never knew how to say her name. Yeah. But you got name. her. She's like, it's not over, Tommy Lee Jones. I'm kind of like in love with you. And I want you to know that the lava's coming your way. And you're going to have to bring down a building. It might just work. It, it might, might just we gotta work, get Tommy every, Lee Jones. We got to get everybody out of Cedar Sinai. It's coming right now. It's a go, 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 go. <laughs> yeah. And of course, they divert the flow and save mm -hmm. the day. And, um, yeah, but yeah, right out of the right out of the La Brea tar pits, the volcano arises. But it's not even like a, it's just like lava just starts just coming lava. out of it. It's not really. I mean, there's like a little thing comes up there, but it's weird. Lava just kind of starts flowing yeah. in the streets. It's not like there's a Dante's Peak. Yeah, it's not eruption. like a volcano around anywhere. It's yeah. just like the lava was underground. Yeah, like they don't have to outrun anything, find a mine shaft or anything like no. that. They were they were good. They would have been a lot better yeah. if there was a mine shaft. What though. we did learn in that movie was that lava loves the sewer tubes. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. It superheats the lava apparently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how that works because the last time I checked. Uh, uh, the walls are cold in a sewer, and yeah, it's, uh, they, it's cold and they don't heat there. things up. You know, I, I don't know exactly how it superheats it, but I don't know. I, I'm also not a scientist, yeah. so I best not to question yeah. it. Just leave it for the smart people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it is, after all, the movie Volcano. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. So remember, kids, if you're ever running from lava, just find a mine shaft, and you'll be find a mine shaft a or hide behind a highway divider. <laughs> you'll be all right. All right. Now, I just think this is a good movie, but it was critically hated. Bad Boys 2. Bad Boys 2. All three of them are good. Boasting only a 23% positive critical rating. Wow, that's, that's not good. That's low. That is super low. But Directed by Michael Bay, the lover of explosions. 
Michael Bay films an explosion like no one else. And if you need to capture someone running in slow motion... That's the man to get. That's the man to get. Mm-hmm. Nobody does running in slow motion like Michael Bay. Absolutely. Watch any Transformers movie <laughs> yeah. and you'll know what we're talking about. Uh, yes, Michael Bay uh, helming Bad Boys 2. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that everything about this movie is super fun. It is. But yet the crazy thing about it is it is another cop movie that would end every scene. Any scene, yeah. pick any scene out in the movie. Yeah. Uh, they're going to jail. Yes. Martin Lawrence yes. and Will Smith are going to jail <laughs> yeah. at the end of every single solitary scene. They break the law the whole time. Yep, yep. And isn't that the one, too, where uh, uh, Martin Lawrence's sister gets kidnapped? And mm, I think so, yeah. And then they have to cross international lines. And, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And the Miami Police Department or wherever they're at is like, you know, you guys can't do this. Then like these like Delta Force guys show up out of nowhere because they just hang around the the police department like mm-hmm. we're here for you guys, you know. Um, and they're like, we'll take you down there. And then they 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 know a guy that's digging a tunnel to the bad guy's house just for giggles, you know. It's a yeah. it's it's a really truly uh, asinine thing. Uh, Martin Lawrence is hysterical in this movie. Oh yeah, I love yeah. it when, he, when he's in there with all the bodies and they're, they're like <laughs> yeah. Mike, Mike, Mike. They fighting Mike. They fighting. <laughs> <laughs> and you can uh, you can hear the bodies and they're going like. I love Martin Lawrence, man. He's so funny. And those two, like, they're really funny together. Yes, they make a good comedic duo when they take. When when they leave the morgue and they've got all that video footage and they take it to the captain's house, which I love that guy that plays the, the captain. Yeah, he's so good. I, oh, I can't. I remember. love all his like uh, his like calming techniques, like ooh, sraba, ooh, sraba. He's like rubbing his ears. <laughs> you know, I sometimes I forget that that guy. Oh, what is his name? Um, that he was in Goonies. Yeah, that's one of the earliest things I ever remember seeing him in was Goonies. Goonies, and I had completely forgotten that until I watched Goonies like a year or two ago with my kids. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, that's the captain from Bad Boys." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that dude's been in a lot of stuff. But uh, but they <laughs> leave the morgue and they got their little video footage, and somehow Martin Lawrence got into some of the drugs that were being stored in the bodies. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's all whacked out of his gourd and he's like putting on the captain's clothes and he's like there's one scene where he likes looks in the fishbowl and his eyes are real big like this is a nice fish <laughs> <laughs> oh, and they have to put him in a cold shower you know call my wife call my wife Here, i'm coming home <laughs> oh my goodness uh, bad, but Bad Boys 2 is one. I, but I liked all the Bad Boys movies. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't any of the Bad Boys movies I didn't like. I said three before, but isn't there a fourth one? They did four, right? Uh, maybe. Like, the newest one is like they're getting older. I think so. Yeah. And yeah. they're like thinking about retiring. Except oh. Will Smith is like, I'll never retire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh. a bad boy for life. <laughs> the the scene that every father in, in, in Bad Boys 2 loved, you know, of course, the date showing up to yeah, the house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they try to scare him. Oh, this her uncle Mike. Uncle Mike, he just got out out of prison. <laughs> I just got out. I ain't going back in. <laughs> you ever made love to a man? You want to? You want to? <laughs> <laughs> just, you a little ludicrous looking. <laughs> that kid. And what's beautiful about that though, in that moment, 
That kid makes it into the future he movies. He does. He ends up marrying that girl. He, yeah, he does. It was he, I, you know, and I thought he was a good kid at the door too. He, he was very was a nice. Good kid. He was very respectful, polite, respectful. He says, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> if you whatever it is, if you're not back at ten, at ten oh one, I'm gonna be in the car, locked and ready to go, <laughs> hunting you down. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's probably my favorite scene out of all the Bad Boys movies. It's yeah. so funny. Of course, my wife says if you ever do that with one of your daughter's dates, uh, we will film it and put it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just be me and you, and <laughs> yeah. be like this, this, her, this Uncle Cody right here. <laughs> he just got out of prison. Just, hey, I ain't going, going back. back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So this next movie that I put on here was insanely controversial at the time it came out, and. I saw this movie pop up on a few different lists. And to be honest, I don't really like this movie, but I included it because I think it's one of those movies that had insane potential to be really good. And it's the movie Showgirls. Showgirls. Now, for people who are my age, they remember that Showgirls starred none other than Elizabeth Berkeley, who was... I believe it was her character's name in Saved by Jesse. I think she played Jesse. Oh, uh, yeah, Jesse. Saved by the Bell. And she plays a character in this movie who is basically discovered um, stripping in a strip club. But her dream is to be a, like, I think a professional dancer or maybe an actress or something like that. And uh, she really wants to become a Vegas showgirl. And so she, uh, she, she gets that opportunity and all kinds of things happen. But this movie was directed by a guy named Paul Verhoeven. Mm -hmm. And what people ended up focusing on in this movie was the highly explicit sexual nature of the film. It, it was one of the only movies that I remember ever that was like a major Hollywood film that made it out to theaters and had an NC-17 rating. So this, I mean, you don't, this, you don't get very many of those. No. Usually studios try to like pull it back so they don't get that rating. Yeah. And I, I think... I think like back then, I think they they like carded you. They like demanded proof of your age before yeah. they'd let you in to see an NC seventeen movie, which I know they were supposed to do with rated R movies. Mm -hmm. That half the time they did. <laughs> yeah, most of the time it was just like ah, you're with an adult, yeah. whatever. Yeah, whatever. You know? <laughs> um, it's like your brother could be like, uh, this is my son that I had when I was seven. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Showgirls comes out, and all of these like really explicit things became the focus of the film and it was almost it almost felt like sort of kind of shock value but there was another Paul Verhoeven movie that had a similar effect but I thought was a much better movie it was a film called Basic Instinct Basic Instinct yeah starred Michael Douglas and Sharon Stone mm -hmm. and Sharon Stone. and when I would when I would say to people especially in high school I'd say, man, I love Basic Instinct. They're like, oh, we bet you do. We know yeah. you do. Yeah. Like, how many times have you watched that interrogation scene, buddy? Like, no. I, I said, listen, it's, it's a good movie. It's not all about that. I said, you know, if, if Basic Instinct is another one of those movies where that became the focus, unfortunately. But I challenge people to the end of this day. I said, listen, if you can watch that movie and, and just kind of ignore all that other stuff, you mm -hmm. make it to the end. Tell me who the killer is. Mm -hmm. I still don't know. Yeah. To this day, I still don't know. If Sharon Stone was the killer, or if uh, the woman who played Michael Douglas's uh, original love interest in that film, whose I name remember. leaves me, I th but she's a great actress too. Mm -hmm. um, 
but uh, but that yeah, it's a great whodunit movie. Yeah, and 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 it's got sort of that kind of class. Like even the score has sort of that like film noir kind of yeah, vibe yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah. It's almost like an old detective movie. Um, I love movies like that. But then you know, Paul Verhoeven also directed classics like RoboCop, the Robo original Cop. RoboCop. Mm-hmm. Uh, he directed Starship Troopers, dude. That's great. A, movie. That's a ball. That's a Paul. Verhoeven movie. Wow. So when when Showgirls came out, you thought, oh, okay. So Elizabeth Berkley, wow, I mean, that's not, ooh, <laughs> you, <laughs> you don't expect someone growing up on a children's show to be doing that kind of movie. And then you watch it and you go, man, she's not awesome in that movie. I don't hmm. think she was the right person for that role um, for any number of reasons. Um uh, but there was there were some heavyweight actors and actresses in that. I mean, Gina Gershon, a really underestimated uh, actress during her time. Uh, another actor, uh, Kyle we, McLaughlin. Yeah, Kyle McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. I mean, he was in the original Dune. I think. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, Kyle McLaughlin. He's a great actor. Um, and this movie had the only reason I included it on this list is because if it's a if it's a movie you watch again put all the other those sort of you know NC17 elements out of your mind mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just be like man this is a movie that if you just recast the lead and you didn't focus on all the graphic nudity shock yeah, value yeah, yeah. you've got a potentially seriously good movie on your hands here yeah. um and it just it's one of those movies that just really missed the mark when Cisco and Ebert reviewed it they kind of said the same thing because the guy who wrote the the screenplay for this film, whose name eludes me now, but at the time was one of the most highly paid screenwriters in Hollywood. And they said it was just like he just sort of phoned this script in mm-hmm. and just kind of went with all your classic stereotypes and tropes for that kind of movie. Um, and and, and Aurelia Showgirls is a, is a movie that has tremendous potential that could have taken us into a whole different side of Vegas that we didn't really know at the time. But it ended up just being super cliche. Yeah. But it, but it literally felt like it was just a few creative choices away from really kind of being a masterpiece. Yeah, that's the problem I have with those like shock value type scenes in movies is it's really hard to to let your your plot and and your and your writing shine if you're gonna throw those like shock value scenes and it's 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 a weird line you got to toe. And honestly, in most of those movies. Like I said in the beginning, I, I'm more of a fan of a good story, a good plot. I, I, the shock value scenes you could just do away with. Yeah. And you could probably have a way better movie for that. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah. 100%. All right. Well, moving on from Showgirls. Oh, we've only got a few to go. Man, I watched this movie the other <laughs> night with my daughter. Yes. And she loved it. My daughter is seven. Uh, but this movie came out 1995. And... I can't get enough of this movie. Even today, I think this movie is amazing. This movie is so good. It's the film Congo. Congo. Based on a Michael Crichton novel. Michael Crichton, the same the guy. Man. Uh, he Jurassic Park. Wrote Jurassic Park. Uh, wrote uh, The 13th Warrior or Eaters mm-hmm. of the Dead, which uh, starred Antonio Banderas in the film adaptation. Uh, the movie Sphere. Sphere, yeah. Um, another great Michael Crichton book. And, and have you ever read any Michael Crichton? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, his, his books read like movies. They do. They They're, do. I mean, all the, uh, all the excess is cut out. He and definitely it, writes with film in mind. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's why he's been part of a lot of yeah. films throughout the ages. Um, but, uh, Congo is, it's another one of those movies. You look at the cast and you go, dag on, man, there are some heavy hitters in this. You got Laura Lenny 
and Laura Lenny, uh, more recently, people would know Laura Lenny uh, from Ozark. Ozark, yeah. Oh, man. Have That's you watched like, Ozark? I've seen some of it, not all of it. Man. It's very good. She's a boss, especially in the second season of Ozark. She is incredible. Uh, one of my all-time favorite actors, Tim Curry. Tim Curry's a, a legend. Oh, I mean, and... <laughs> Whether you're talking about the Rocky Horror Picture Show mm -hmm. or you're talking Clue. Clue the movie. That's a good bad movie uh, right there. Clue, Clue might be maybe the Mount Everest of, <laughs> of good bad movies. Yeah, it is yeah. So I'll pro eventually I will do a whole podcast episode just on Clue the movie. Dude, I'd be down. But Tim Curry was also in in uh, one of my favorite bad movies when I was a kid that starred a very young Tom Cruise. And I believe the actress's name was Rooney Mara or Mara Rooney yeah, or something like that? Rooney Mara, I think. Yeah, yeah the but the movie was called uh, Legend, and Tim Curry plays what kind of looks like the devil. Really, he's this big red character with these huge black horns, and wow. and the soundtrack to the film was done by uh, like an experimental '80s electric music uh, group called Tangerine Dream. Tangerine Dream, um, and uh, uh, this might have been one of Tom Cruise's first movies. Really? And, and he he plays like this sort of, it's kind of like a Dungeons and Dragons-esque type thing where okay, there's okay. magic and all. It's kind of like when Willow and those movies yeah, were popular. Yeah. Um, and he's trying to, I think he's trying to save this uh, this Rooney Mara. And there's some, something to do with a unicorn. I don't exactly remember the plot, but it's, it's weird. <laughs> it sounds wild. But Tim Curry's been in so many yeah. things. Pennywise that, and It. Uh, oh, uh, yes. his, his Pennywise is so good. So Tim Curry, huge. And then uh, Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson. Man, Ernie Hudson. I I, I love, like, have you seen The Crow? Mm-hmm, yep. Ernie Hudson's amazing in The Crow. And he's really good in this movie, too. And I always wish, like, in Ghostbusters and stuff, I'm like, man, Ernie Hudson, I feel like, is, like, this really constantly underrated oh, for sure. actor and character. Yeah. and. I always wanted to see Ernie Hudson in more things. Yeah, me and too. Ernie Hudson's got a, like a weird accent in the Congo movie, but he plays it really well. And I just, there's something so engaging about him as a character. But what is uh, bad and somewhat ridiculous about this movie is that they have uh, this gorilla uh, named Amy, right? Mm -hmm. And they, they've put something on Amy where she can basically do sign language communicate and and the words will come out mm -hmm. but the gorilla is always insulting people like she calls Laura Lenny like ugly woman <laughs> ugly woman Rude and, gorilla. And, and the and the caretaker for Amy's like yes that's right very ugly woman she's like, <laughs> Amy pretty Amy mother and the, so they they decide that Amy's having these nightmares and uh, and that they want to try to return her to the wild to try to sort of get her back to her environment and they think it might help with the nightmares, et cetera. And Tim Curry swoops in, you know, and he's this character who's like, <laughs> I forget his name, he's, his, his character's name, and it's real funky, like her Hermalka something or other, but he's like, I will fund the next expedition to the... <laughs> You know, and he's like, I'll, I'll help you get Amy back to the wild and all this stuff. And 
Um, it's just, it's such a bizarre, and then you find out that he is actually searching, uh, Tim Curry's character mm-hmm. is searching for the lost city of Zinge, <laughs> <laughs> which is supposedly like King Solomon's mines where yeah. there's like diamonds as big as your face. And, but they, but supposedly, uh, there's this killer ape, this killer gorilla that, that Solomon's people domesticated and made them. Uh, really violent, and they just sort of set upon anybody that comes near mm-hmm. the diamond mines. And and this is another movie that ends with a volcanic explosion. <laughs> uh, this is a, apparently a big go-to for Hollywood. Like, yeah. if you really need to bring it home. Um, but speaking of gorillas, and this has got nothing to do with this movie, but my son recently asked me, he said, Dad, how strong is a gorilla? And, mm. I, and I didn't know. And so I Googled it. And, and according to Uncle Google... A silverback gorilla can bench press 4,000 pounds. What? I was like, no. huh? <laughs> like, what? So you're telling me there are a bunch of angry gorillas out there that could kill you just by slapping you in the face? Pretty much. Wow. Yep, gorillas are absolutely terrifying. Do I, not mess with gorillas. And I think that's what's scary about that movie because those uh, those killer apes, those mm-hmm. the, they're weird looking and uh, of course, I think all the gorillas and stuff in that movie look odd. I think yeah. they're all fake and definitely. Um, the, uh, there's no, I don't, I don't know if there's any actual real gorillas or monkeys. No, probably or not. Probably not. Movie. No. <laughs> but, so yeah, that's a uh, Congo is another another Congo. classic. My daughter enjoyed it. She she thought Did she like it. She thought Amy was funny. Yeah. She's like she's like she's funny. She keeps saying pretty Amy and ugly woman. <laughs> yep, that's right. Um. Oh, okay. Oh man, this movie. Scott. This is. Okay, this next movie, let's just preface this by saying the Wayans brothers are geniuses. They're geniuses, hands down. They're geniuses. And uh, they do not, they just do not get enough credit. Um, yeah. This movie, White Chicks. White Chicks. It's, it's the, we're almost to the bottom of the barrel here. <laughs> White Chicks. I love this movie so much. White Chicks. Rated PG-13, mm-hmm. which surprised me. I forgot all about that. Um, has a 15% positive review rating on wow. Rotten Tomatoes. So very critically hated film, extremely hated. But Crazy. That movie is so funny. Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, Keenan Ivory Wayans, I believe, is the guy who directed this film. And and then of course the brothers in it are you know, Sean and Marlon. You know there are a lot of Wayne's brothers. Yes, there are a lot of Wayne's brothers. Yes, they, and they've had just a slew of great movies. <laughs> was uh was it da- Damien Wayne's or whatever he was da- in? Damon, um, yeah, Damon. Damon. Yeah, Damon Wayne's. Uh, uh, what is that one where he plays a drill sergeant? That movie is so funny. Sergeant Bilko is the only thing that comes. Major Pain. Major Pain. Major Pain. Major Pain. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, and Damon Wayne's he had a kind of a run there in the 90s uh-huh. where he was in a lot of stuff. He was in a really bad movie with Bruce Willis called The Last Boy Scout. The Last Boy Scout. I've heard of that one. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's not good, is it's, it? It's, it's just a bad movie. Just it's, a bad movie. I wish I could say it was a good, bad movie. It's just a bad movie. But again, it's one of those movies. I watched a lot when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I loved it when I was a kid, but I tried to watch it again as an adult. Doesn't hold up. It's like, oh man, yep, this did not uh, survive puberty. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it was a bad, bad movie. But white, white, white chicks has got, it's got everything. That scene in the bathroom. Yes, <laughs> yes. Listen, so that that movie, that scene in that movie, 
almost got me kicked out of a drive-in theater because <laughs> me and my friend were sitting out on the lawn chairs just watching this movie that scene comes on we could not stop laughing we were so like like howling laughing and the people who own the drive-in theater came out and was like listen you guys need to shut up <laughs> you need to you need to be quiet or you're, you're out of here just for laughing hysterically just for laughing so hard at it oh my gosh uh, but but that but those mo- that movie in particular had those qualities to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there were. Oh, I, I, I too, I cried at that part, man. It was just it's so, so funny, so unbelievably hysterical. And Terry Crews kills it in this oh, movie. Ter- he's he's so good in it. <laughs> this, when when he starts singing that song. <laughs> No, 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 no. <laughs> Making my way downtown, walking fast, faces past, and I'm homebound. Oh, and then when they're like, they're out like eating, like having dinner, and she's she's trying to be as gross as possible, and Terry Crews is like, oh yeah, baby, that's right, girl. I love me a girl who can eat. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Starts letting him lose a, you know, at the tail. Like, oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, I think uh, now. I mean, of course, uh, uh, Sean and Marlon are great. Oh yeah, in that movie. But I, I, I think Terry Crews is kind of the whole it, one of the big reasons that people need to watch that. Yeah, that movie. It is. It is genuinely uh, hysterical. Um. Okay. So. This next movie, we've only got two more to go. <sighs> have you ever seen Howard the Duck? I I think I have. I know I know quite a bit about Howard the Duck. I, I'm just I don't really remember much of the movie, to be honest. Released August first, nineteen eighty six. Huge cast. Tim Robbins is in this movie. Oh, I love Tim Robbins. Leah Thompson, none other than Jeffrey Jones. Jeffrey Jones, who's been in all kinds of things. This movie only has a 14% positive rating. Wow, 14. On uh yeah. And and now of course it's funny to me that now there's been some hullabaloo in the world about Howard the Duck all of a sudden. Yeah, they they um they put him in like an in credits of a Marvel movie, I know, right? Yeah. And apparently he's going to he's going to be in like a Disney Plus thing maybe or something. Yeah. Yeah. This movie, I can't tell you why. It might be the movie I watched the most when I was a child. Oh, yeah? And it was, it, I mean, it's, I think it's rated PG-13. But isn't he like, he's known for being like an offensive yeah. kind of guy. No, I lied to you. It's PG. PG? But PG and PG-13 in the 80s. Oh, they're, they're is, the same thing? It's not, it's not, it's basically the same. But like you see PG movies now. Uh-huh. And there's no... Or, or PG or PG-13 movie. There's almost no cussing in them yeah. now. I feel like a PG movie nowadays is just a kid's movie. Like... Yeah. Yeah. Like a DreamWorks Yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. Like, you know, you're not going to see Mike Wazowski bust out with a, you know, a big... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, bad word. But man, when you watch a lot of these PG, PG-13 movies from the 80s that were kids' movies, uh-huh. you forget they the- cussed a lot. In Crack these, out curse words in these movies, and wow. like like in the very opening scenes of uh, uh, of Howard the Duck, he's looking at Play Duck magazine. <laughs> That's great. Which is of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and he's and he's pulling out a centerfold. That's that's it's a topless duck. <laughs> really? <laughs> but was was it nudity? 
Was um, it a PG movie? I, I can't remember how um, anatomically correct they made this um, <laughs> this centerfold duck. Right, right, um, right. But you know, but but it was there, and I'm like, this is a PG movie. That's wild. But then all of a sudden, Howard gets like sucked out of his chair mm-hmm. and goes through a wormhole and ends up on Earth. Cleveland. Cleveland of all places. And good, I feel good, bad for him. Good old Ohio, baby. <laughs> um, and he ends up meeting uh, Leah Thompson, who mm-hmm. uh, I, I was in love with in the 80s. She was in a number of, um, of flicks in the in the 80s that I, I absolutely adored. And uh, Howard, of course, starts, uh, you know, uh, or, or she's trying to help Howard get back home. And Jeffrey Jones plays this crazy scientist that's like, bringing monsters to earth like parts of the plot for the avengers is basically in howard the duck like like really if you stop and think about it because they've got this like this beam or something they blast in the sky that opens up a portal and these like this alien race of monsters is like threatening to come through and if they make it through they would they would take over the earth essentially that's avengers that's the avengers plot and i'm like wait did this what does Howard the Duck have to do? <laughs> and and so, um, but the the guy who voiced Howard the Duck was hysterical. Yeah. And Howard the Duck is proficient in like quack foo. Quack foo. And he like takes out this group of guys that are trying to uh, like assault uh, Leah Thompson's character. And uh, it's just, it's a really funny, yeah. fun movie. And I, I want to say... Man, I, I might be making this up. We might somebody might need to fact check me on this. I'm wanting to say that maybe George Lucas produced this movie. Really? Yeah, it had Interesting. a huge it had a huge budget. Um, which and here's <laughs> here's the exceptionally weird thing uh, about um, this movie at at, at the time. Um, thirty seven million. Thirty seven million in the eighties. Wow. Thirty seven million. That's in pretty the big. 80s. Um, and, and 1986, no less 37 million dollars in 1986 was huge movie money. Yeah. And of all the properties that you could pick out of the air, you know, superhero properties and whatnot, how do you snag Howard the duck out of the sky? Yeah. It's just so bizarre. But even though the movie, I mean, badly tanked it. Yeah. It it only made like 900. Yeah. The only the only movies on our list that lost money at the box office, uh, oh, it lost yeah. Uh, Anaconda lost eight million dollars at the box office. Showgirls lost twenty four million dollars at the box office, and Howard the Duck lost just under a million dollars at the box office. So it was it was a flop. Yeah, but the movie was so much fun, and I could never understand why. I mean, I had a lot of friends who liked Howard the Duck, mm-hmm. and we would, you know, hang out and watch it, and it just blew my mind that nobody cared <laughs> who's Howard the Duck. I guess it was just. I mean, too... it's, it's kind of a silly concept, yeah. so I can see like the general public not really digging it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I'm all about it. Like, I, I, I love the character. I think yeah. it's an interesting idea. It's a funny idea. I always hoped it would have like the Mac and Me effect. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that movie was a little more liked than Howard the Duck. Yeah. But, uh, well, we have arrived at the bottom of the barrel. Bottom of the barrel. And this is relevant because some stuff is happening with this particular property right now in, yeah. in Hollywood and on Netflix, uh, even as we speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are, of course, talking about the 1987 Dolph Lundgren epic, Masters of the Universe. Yes, sir. 
Masters of the Universe also lost money at the box office. Yeah. Uh, uh, a little over $4.5 million it lost at the box office. Another really big budget movie. Uh, at the time, uh, in 1987, it had a budget of uh, $22, 22 million, million. Uh, and which was no nothing to sneeze at, but yeah. um, He-Man was so popular in the 1980s. I had a lot of the He-Man toys, mm-hmm. and I remember being so excited. But then, inexplicably, they brought He-Man to Earth, which I don't think yeah. happens on any of the He-Man. <laughs> yeah, no. It all takes place in Eternia. Yeah, and uh, and, and the, this is what this is what corporate people do to movies. <laughs> yeah. Let's bring them to Earth. Let's bring them to Earth, where things are familiar. <laughs> now, there's a few people in this movie that might surprise people. They might not remember that these folks were in. Of course, Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, Dolph um, Lundgren. Did you know Dolph Lundgren's got like a degree in engineering from- I did not. Like, I don't know, some prestigious university wow. or something. Go Dolph. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's a real deal, man. But Courtney Cox- Courtney Cox. Of Friends fame is in this movie. Billy Barty, who did a lot of things in the 80s, mm. uh, uh, is a bit, kind of a big name in the 80s. I find it very interesting that Frank Langella plays Skeletor. Yes. <laughs> and and here's and here's the reason why I I like this movie. It it is it is Frank is Frank Lan Langella Lang, how Langel- you say it? I said Langella, but I don't know if it's right. I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. But Frank is in this Frank, movie. Frank's in it. And his Skeletor have you seen this movie? Uh yes, once. His Skeletor is kind of terrifying. Mm-hmm. And it's comical. I've watched different um, behind-the-scenes things about Masters of the Universe, and they talk about how serious Frank Langella was about the role and how he really tried hard to bring this sort of like tyrant, megalomaniac um, element to Skeletor, and it's awesome. You know, Skeletor in the comics, Skeletor in the old cartoon, uh, you know, he always had the ridiculous high-pitched laugh. Yeah, and yeah, he was kind of goofy. Yeah, but Frank Langella's uh, uh, Skeletor is almost like something out of a nightmare. Mm-hmm. He looks extremely creepy and weird. Um, it kind of has, like, skull-like features on his face. His head isn't necessarily... You know, like bare skull. That's I think that's what they were trying to capture. But yeah, it, yeah. It, the the prosthetic is pretty good. Um, but it's it's Frank Langella's performance because he's he's going all in yeah. as Skeletor, and that's why you watch Masters of the Universe. Absolutely, you watch it to get to that man's performances because a he's one of the all time great actors. Oh yeah, of the modern generation. He's I don't so good. Anybody says Frank Langella has been in so many good movies. Uh, and he's he's one of those people that every time he's on screen, he's absolutely hypnotizing. Yes, even in the terrible little Masters of the Universe movie, he is captivating yeah. as Skeletor on screen. And I, I, I know that now people have been talking for a long time that He-Man is one of those properties that absolutely needs rebirth, especially in this day and age, mm-hmm. because... Uh, He-Man had a lot of strong female characters too. Yeah, you know, uh, and and then you had Prince Adam, who turned into He-Man. 
it had all these great elements. You had man at arms and all these other cool characters. Um, and they went a little overboard with when they started creating the toy property line and they had to keep coming up with bad guys. Yeah. yeah. But uh, as a kid, man, I had Snake Mountain. Mm-hmm. I had Castle Grayskull. And awesome. I stored stuff in those things for years. <laughs> yeah. Like anything that I was secret that I didn't want somebody to find, I'd lock it up in Castle Grayskull or in Snake Mountain. <laughs> and, and, and like when I when I needed them, I'd like, hey, nobody's looking, right? Look over your shoulder. And I'd get my little He-Man sword out and I'd unlock the drawbridge to <laughs> Castle Grayskull. By the power of Grayskull. <laughs> um, but I, I, I have heard, and it might be confirmed, I, I didn't, I should have done a little more research on this, but... I have heard that a new He-Man movie is in the works. A new movie? Uh, like a new movie. Now, I don't know oh. if like animated or live action, but I've I've heard it's it's in the works. Uh, but then I just saw that Netflix, I believe, yeah. they've got an animated- Was it uh, Kevin Smith that's helping with it? Maybe so, yeah. which would be awesome. Yeah. I would love to see Kevin Smith involved with the He-Man. He's kind of one of the perfect people to uh-huh. be part of the He-Man franchise, yeah, for sure. Definitely. So, so yeah, but that's a Masters of the Universe. You don't- you don't get a whole lot more bottom of the barrel than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I love Dolph Lundgren, but he's Dolph Lundgren. Yep, yeah, he's, he's. You can only get so much out of out of his performances. Yeah, you know, Ivan Drago, that was great, yeah, buddy. Yeah. You also didn't have to talk a lot. You so. know, speaking of Dolph Lundgren, an, a, another good series of bad but good movies was The Expendables. Dude, yes. All of the great like old action heroes, yes. all like just kicking ass yeah it's awesome yeah. I, I love the expendables movies yeah. so, so uh, sylvester stallone has to have the most heavily armored truck that anybody's <laughs> yeah. ever seen in those movies guys yeah. pull up i mean they could have hit that thing with an rpg and the truck would have been like yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah those are great and I, yeah dolph lundgren yeah. man you can't you can't go wrong with old old dolph man yeah but i feel like they missed the mark with like trying to to do something new and and take take him and put him on earth yeah. I just felt like it was weird and, and that's something that, that Hollywood likes to do though. It's yeah. Like what if what if he was around in our world? Like what, yeah. uh, it's weird. One of the things I like about movies and series today is that it seems like people are catching on. And I think this is happening hopefully with franchises like Star Wars. Mm. Where what the fans want and what the fans think. Mm-hmm seems to matter a lot more. Yeah, yeah. Like, for example, this has nothing to do with the bad movie, but it, but it does demonstrate the power that fans can have on resurrecting some of these old properties, like mm-hmm. these movies that we're talking about here, like Masters of the Universe, uh, or, or even things like Howard the Duck, um, or even what we love about movies like Tokyo Drift and whatnot. Did you see the season finale of The Mandalorian? I did, yes. And it made me cry. It made me cry too, Mm -hmm. because what was really cool about it, and my favorite thing to do with the season finale of the that was the second or third season, the second season, second season, yeah, second season, The Mandalorian, was that I love to watch these. There's this reaction video compilation out there. Other people crying. That's really good, and and almost every one of them are saying what I think every Star Wars fan was saying was that. This is what the fans want. Yeah. What you're doing right now, mm-hmm. this is what the fans want. Exactly. And and why that is is because Disney decided to bring actual fans in to to make it. Right. Um what's his name? He played Happy in in uh like Iron Man and all that. Oh yeah, John Favreau. John yeah. Favreau, he is now one of the lead people. Right. Like running the shot, or calling the shots and 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 now 
Like he helped make Mandalorian. And- right, right. And, and you know, when they, that scene when the X-Wing comes in. Yeah. And everybody on the reality is like, well, Luke, Luke flies an X-Wing. Yeah. And then they, they show a hooded figure come on, mm-hmm. but it's in black and white. Yeah. So you can't be certain whether or not it's Luke Skywalker. And then when that green lightsaber comes out in yes. color, I did exactly what everybody on the reaction videos did when I was watching the man. I freaked out. Oh yeah, I freaked. I freaked I out. I stood up out of my chair. I kind of did a little jump and uh-huh. I was like, yes. I was like, that is Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Show that gloved hand and you're like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh. yeah. Baby. And then he has his big Vader moment. Uh-huh, you know, right yeah. outside. That's what I was going to say. It very, it very closely mirrors the yeah. Vader moment at the end of Rogue One yeah. where he's just like like destroying everyone down yep. the hallway. He even does like the force choke thing yep. and crumples that robot. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. And, and I think that now there are enough people who have grown up as <laughs> you're sort of like Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. nerds and comic book nerds and people like that. Nerds rule the world now, man. And nerds rule the world now. And and what we're seeing is the creation of new content, you mm-hmm. know, new new properties that have more of what the fans want in right. mind. Which right. is why I have hopes that even though Masters of the Universe is the absolute bottom of the barrel and Howard the Duck is the absolute bottom of the barrel, there are fans that love these properties. I love, now I don't really mm-hmm. know that much about the Howard the Duck comic book and I don't know if I would care for it if I read yeah, it or not. Yeah, I don't know either. But He-Man holds a special place in my mm-hmm. heart when I was a kid. Um, He-Man was was a really cool character. Um, you know, a good, virtuous, decent guy, you know, wielded a Conan the Barbarian-esque type sword. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but there was a lot about that uh, cartoon that, I adored so intensely as a child and to watch it get raked over the coals by people who don't understand the property Mm -hmm. was a hard thing to watch. Yeah. And if not for Frank Langella and not, if not for the love of He-Man in general that people like me uh, have, then there would be no hope or no understanding of what a new incarnation of that franchise could look like. And I haven't watched any of the He-Man Netflix series yet, but it looks awesome. Yeah, I haven't seen it either, but I, I do really want to want to watch it. And I'm hoping that if if Hollywood brings, you know, this this Masters of the Universe franchise back to the live action yeah. realm, I hope they 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 start taking the cues that Star Wars fans have yeah. been thumping. Listen to uh, the fans. Listen to the fans. And I I think for a lot of these uh, movies that are that are out there, uh, you know, even a lot of these, there's all kinds of good bad movies we haven't even talked about. Oh yeah, many of which are franchise films, mm-hmm. and many of those films I think could benefit from a healthy dose of just fan infusion. Right, a little fan love. Hollywood has a really bad history of of chasing what they think would make them the most money. Right, and and and. They, they they follow this like cookie cutter like this is the way to do it and that's that nowadays that's not how how they're going to make money they no. need to listen to the fans and 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 have creators who are fans be a part of the making process and then that's how they're going to make the most money because yeah. they're going to draw the fans in and if we give what the fans want then that's how they're going to make the most money and that's how we're going to get like the best product that that we would want to watch you know yeah amen to that brother yeah. well 
man, I have had a phenomenal time. We've been sitting Likewise. here for a while now. Yeah. So uh, trust me, ladies and gentlemen, you have not heard the last of Cody Richards. There yes. are many episodes on the horizon. Uh, if I could give you a peek into the future, probably one of the next uh, podcast episodes that I'm going to have Cody join me on is going to be what I'm going to call the Ruin Your Childhood segment. Oh, yeah. Where we will talk about Willy Wonka's House of Murder. <laughs> so I know that you'll all be looking forward to that. I know I do. Yes, yes. In the meantime, y'all stay well, and we'll catch you on the next go-round.